Welcome to On the Road to No Place Left. This is Feeney. I'm driving as we learn to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard. We finally made it to church. The fourth field of the framework we've been working through answers the question, how do I gather disciples into healthy church? A simple tool we use is called the church circle. My guest, Matthew Tefalt, shares about the tool and more on this episode. Before we jump in with him, I wanted to read the passage this tool is based on. It's Acts 2, verses 36 to 47. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God himself will call. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about three thousand souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. In that passage, we see these functions of a church. Baptism, God's word, prayer, making disciples, love, worship, Lord's Supper, giving, and leaders. We also see that they devoted themselves to each other uh, and they committed to each other. There's a simple image that captures what I just read and listed. Check out a link in the show notes to see it. Now let's jump in with Matthew to hear more. What's been the best part of your week so far? Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. You know, we're back at the school. Um, yeah, just the first week, it's literally day two. Mm. <laughs> um, so it's really, it's, Boone's really interesting because when the students come back, the population doubles. So the work here doubles, you know, it's like going from zero to 60 real quick. But yeah, I mean, honestly, it's like you got 5,000 fresh faces that are coming in, like old people are leaving, new freshmen are coming. Uh, and then it's super exhausting at the same time, I think. Uh, probably the best part though has been like this year is just different for a few reasons uh one is almost every year we've just had like no idea what we're doing kind of getting started uh right. this year uh, we feel kind of like we have a good like we got a good grip on things um with some a base of people uh but then also i just got married actually in may uh, and so at the end of like these long days where we're going from like 8 a.m till 11 or whatever i just like get to go home and have a wife now so it's pretty awesome that's awesome man tell me remind me where you're at uh what the kind of the context is there uh so we're at appalachian state university that's in Boone, north carolina um it's a little mountain town but i guess i got here three years ago as a freshman uh and all i knew about appalachian uh was the students there they smoke a lot of weed uh, and they 
they don't really like academics wasn't like the biggest push and I wasn't super interested in booking but I was definitely interested in not having a super hard like academic push huh. but basically literally like the first week uh, going in uh, it was my freshman year yeah so first weekend before classes had even started uh, I met with a guy named Puck uh, we had some bagels a little bagel shop and I was telling him how yeah like I'm here at Apple I want to get my like special ed degree but really I just want to be a missionary so I'm trying to trying to you know speed up the process as much as I can um, just get it and go and he's like alright well like that's what you want to do well why not start now uh, and that's honestly like a really good question that has continued to come up in, in my journey with like no place left uh, what, what Puckett explained to me though at the time was uh, they had just done a survey like the NC Baptist had just done a survey uh, and found that 93% of students in like a one mile radius around campus uh, said that religion wasn't important to them hmm. Uh, hearing that, you know, I was like, oh, like I wanted to be a missionary. Um, but that meant that like at our university of 20,000 uh, students, about 18,000, a little like more than that, that like self-identified as being far from God. So that was the vision that was cast for me. And Puck walked alongside of me for uh, about two years. But honestly, in my first semester as a freshman, I was in college and I was just doing my thing. Um, but I was, it was a little different than like most people's freshman year. I was sharing the gospel with people um, seeing people like decide to follow Jesus, uh, baptizing other students. And literally before winter break, uh, even came like that first semester, there was a church of all new believers meeting in my dorm. Uh, so it wasn't at all what I pictured to happen. Uh, when I started college, uh, I kind of put all that stuff maybe happening, uh, and probably nothing like it. I couldn't even imagine, uh, but happening, you know, four years later. And right now that's been the past three years for me. So, wow, that's awesome. How, uh, like, are you working with a specific organization? About a year ago, uh, I guess a little bit more, probably a year and a half ago, Puck was getting ready um, to leave Boone, uh, and he was getting on staff with E3, uh, and I was telling him how, you know, I just want to do this for the rest of my life. I just done uh, two and a half years of it, and I was like, I never want to stop. Uh, um, and so... He helped uh, get me plugged in with E3 so that as soon as I graduate, I'd be able to just continue doing this and wouldn't have to just wait um, to do it later. Um, but then locally, um, Puck had also connected uh, with like a church, um, like, a, like a legacy church that was supportive of kind of what we were doing. Um, and then we have two other teammates who are, like Puck was working with uh, while he was here um, that, you know, we're, we're all working together now. Um, named Scott and Anna, um, and they're they're like an amazing couple that me and my wife Gracie get to learn a lot from. Uh, and so it's uh, it's interesting. Um, E3 is really the, the organization that I'm with, um, but our team uh, is just like through that local church. Like there are missionaries uh, sent out by that local church, and so they're really the like our like our head, you know, like leading us, helping us. And as I understand it, you were already doing it. You were just like, oh, this is going to make it easier to continue doing the same thing, uh, which is awesome that you already were putting your hand to the plow, doing the work of, of the sharing the gospel and, and discipling people. And we'll start talking about church here in a second. But that's really cool to hear that you just jumped in and ran with that and didn't need some some like <laughs> push from like an organization first to do it. That's really cool. As we've been, as I've been throwing this podcast together, um, just been working through the four fields framework and you already touched on a couple of things, but just a simple tool that we use in the four fields is called the healthy church circle. And 
I've already seen, and we'll definitely link in some show notes to the to the video you guys have put together. But uh, I would love if you could just kind of simply describe that healthy church circle tool for us. I love the church circle. It's pretty simple. It just comes from Acts two uh, thirty six through forty seven. And so if you like, if you read that, uh, what what you'll find is like a few characteristics uh, that describe that first church that we get. Uh, it's a really good, clear picture, uh, which is helpful um, as we try to plant churches, right? So like some of those characteristics, right, are baptisms, uh, prayer, multiplication, uh, love for one another, worshiping God, uh, taking the Lord's Supper, giving generously, uh, and then devoting themselves to like the apostles' teaching or like the word, the Bible for us now, uh, and then even submitting to the apostles' leadership. Yeah, for us, the, the way we reproduce uh, this tool in a simple way is by drawing a, a dotted circle uh, to represent a group uh, and then add little pictures um, for each of those characteristics. Um, that I just listed, you know, and uh, then uh, we make it a solid circle. So we just fill in and the group devotes themselves to, to gathering and identifies as a church. Um, tell me how that kind of <laughs> plays in. How, how does the healthy church circle play into that church and the harvest that you guys have? The, probably like on a regular basis, the way we kind of use that tool is we kind of look at it as like not just a descriptive tool of the first church, um, but also prescriptive. And so like we really want to be a healthy church and so, like, as a church, we're continually using that to, like, diagnose almost, uh, like, are we healthy? Are we, uh, are we doing the functions that this, like, first healthy church is doing? Um, and then along with that, right, we're, we're making sure that we're using it to cast vision so that, like, all these freshmen, all these, like, sophomores, and even the people that have graduated and leaving, that they see it as, like, a really simple way uh, that if they want to plant a church, um, they don't really need much except for like these things, you know, like this is how you can do that in a really simple way. And so we've just seen that to like that vision cast almost as a way to empower them and yeah, equip them. So is Church in the Harvest, is that a single church that meets at like a single time or is it grown into a couple different uh, gatherings of the same church? Kind of describe that dynamic for me. What does that, what does that look like practically if I were just to show yeah, up and yeah, for walk sure. around? We have just like raised up some leaders um, actually to plant a church in their dorm and they just actually got together last night um which is really cool and so we've what we've noticed right is like churches have like have risen and they've like fallen and and it's interesting because like on a college campus it's got a weird schedule we always talk about things in semesters we don't say you know like the year we're like uh we don't say this year we say the fall and the spring and so sometimes uh we've seen churches like rise up real quick and it's kind of like the sandcastle um you know, it's like they're not really made to last forever, um, but they're meant for like a purpose at, at that in the season that they're in. Uh, and then other churches we have, like right now, um, probably our like our base or our solid church foundation uh, would be like what we would call Church in the Harvest, uh, and that would be what we meet on Tuesday nights um, on campus, uh, where we go through like the three thirds process, um, and then throughout the week, uh, it's really actually easy uh, to see each other daily, and so we're like going out in the harvest uh kind of whenever um and then also with like a planned time on thursdays uh thursday evenings and then doing some oikos dinners together uh where we get together uh, and help people like reach their oikoses uh, by cooking dinner for them the church on campus it's really interesting how we're living life together okay so then the really practical question that i'm sure somebody's parents have asked is like hey when do you have time to go to class and do your homework oh yeah so uh, so many people ask that question um, <laughs> the truth is I, my freshman year, I was taking 18 credit hours, uh, which is like the max. Uh, and 
meeting with eight different people a week to study the Bible with them. Uh, and the, the truth is, it, it's, a, it's amazing um, how true, like, the promises that we get uh, in Matthew 6, where if we seek first the kingdom of God, all those things will be added to it. Mm. Um, so, so far, uh, four, three years in, haven't failed a single class. I'd be curious, how have you, what's your, you, you're more the church, not just you specifically, what's it, uh, your churches and, and these churches on campus relationship to kind of like the established existing church? I know a couple of your teammates have been sent out by a church, but in addition to that, what type of relationship or um, connections do you guys have there? So there are a few like really awesome churches actually in the area. Um, and Boone is the kind of place uh, where it, it really um, needs to almost be reached um, by those those local churches. And so um, we're equipping people. Um, we're equipping those churches and training them uh, and also just partnering with them. So on Wednesday nights, um, this entire summer, we've been going out with uh, that local church that's called Perkinsville. Uh, we've been taking out some of like their members to share the gospel with college students in apartment complexes um, and uh, yeah, stuff like that. Um, on top of that, I think there's like just the encouragement. Um, what I've heard is like, it's, it's contagious. So we have church with like the locals. They're just kind of like, well, if these, these guys are doing it with, you know, 22 credit hours and, uh, and whatnot, then it shouldn't be too difficult to continue doing this as much as I can, you know, and the real, the real partnership, I guess, uh, with those, those local churches, just like the encouragement that we get, um, from being, uh, around each other uh, and the partnership that we have, like in the gospel. Could you share a story of how yeah. God used just that church circle or even the concept of forming a healthy church and just got, you've seen God kind of bless that or use that in, in somebody's life or in a group, uh, maybe a group Bible study, just any sort of dynamic where God kind of used that tool to, to do something really cool. I think I, I probably got two pretty good stories uh, to share about that. The, the first one honestly comes from uh, one of our most obvious failures. Um, mm. So my first two years uh, when I got to app, what Church on the Harvest was before was Baptist campus ministry. When we uh, would tell people, hey, hey, like we need to identify as church, you know, it'd really be a tough sell. Um, people were just convinced like, nope, this is the campus ministry. Uh, and the thing was like, we were like, like pushing it. We're like, no, like we're doing most, uh, if, if not all of the functions of a healthy church. Uh, all those things in the church circle, we were like casting vision for it. We're like, this is what the first church did. And guys, look at like what we're doing. Like we were, um, do as much as like we could, I guess. And there was just always pushed back um, from students, um, from other like uh, people in the community. Um, but quite honestly, like we really couldn't blame them because uh, literally in our name, uh, we had the words campus ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, last year, actually, uh, in August, and maybe a little bit before that, uh, when the our two teammates, uh, Scott and Anna, were partnered up with Perkinsville, the local church, they said, hey, we need to change the name from BCM uh, to Church in the Harvest. And we're like, okay, uh, sounds good. And we literally were just like, this is just a, a kind of like, you know, a logistical thing, it's just a name change. It really won't make a difference. Now we're called Church in the Harvest. So uh, when freshmen came in that year, uh, we, we were just like, all right, we're, we're gonna just go work really hard um, to establish from the beginning that our identity is as a church. Uh, and we're just a church that meets on campus, not just a campus church or a campus ministry or even a home church. Um, Cause we really were believing that, you know, we put like really anything uh, in front of church, uh, even if it's just like describe it a little bit better, uh, it can unintentionally become like a disqualifier uh, and it lessens like the meaning of what church is. And so we really want people to see like, uh, this is this is just church. But when freshmen came in, it was actually kind of funny. 
uh, we're we're like pushing this. We're like, guys, we're church, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we get that. That makes sense, you know. Uh, your your church that meets in uh, the harvest field. That's uh, and that just happens to be on campus. That's why it's called Church in the Harvest, right? And uh, it was just so easy, you know. It was like just a little name thing. So like really from the beginning, uh, people knew we were a church, and uh, really with that clarity and like our identity as the church, uh, we found purpose. Um, to really follow through uh, with the functions we saw in Acts 2. That's kind of like the, the second story of it was uh, I've always heard that college, like if you ever wanted to like plant a church in a college, you know, a college town, uh, you better like come with a lot of money because you can't really expect a lot of giving um, from college students. Uh, and, you know, a part of the church circle is gener- generosity, generously giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, how do we implement that? And we were honestly like, just from our like stereotypes, you know, like, oh, college students are like, they're the poor college kids, you know, like they come home to do their laundry and they, uh, they're just like waiting for their home cooked meals, um, <laughs> which is true. Like we love home cooked meals and uh, we love when our parents do our laundry. But uh, what we really uh, saw was like when we identified as a church and we strived for health, uh, there was no excuse for, for us to disobey the bi- biblical model of what a healthy church was. And so we even like had deacons uh, raised up to take care of like the giving. Um, so they would track everything and they'd be able to have like ideas of where we could give to. And so uh, whether it was uh, towards people going on mission um, or uh, need in the community or even just like a need in, like in the church, you know, if somebody had something going on and they needed counseling uh, that no one in our church is a counselor, you know, uh, so we we're like, we need to send you somewhere. Mm. But in any case, uh, last year, actually, um, we kept track of all like the giving just to make sure we we're like being good stewards of it. Uh, and like these, these poor college kids, you know, uh, they gave over $3,000 um, to support missionaries, different like community projects, and even like those needs, right? Like that are already in our church. So uh, the crazy thing, right, is like today is our first meeting for church with like all these new incoming freshmen. So we're just kind of praying for like that same identity uh, to stick in um, for people to see like the identity as a church and uh, commitment to being a healthy church. And then even just like their commitment to being ambassadors uh, and new creations. Yeah, those are two good stories. So tell me, uh, what's your end vision? What would you guys uh, just be praying to God for, want to see happen there? We've talked about it uh, quite a bit, actually, recently. Can we know that, like, this isn't a place to, um, that we're probably going to be forever, especially just me and Gracie. And so we're like, uh, what do we want to leave people with? Like, uh, how, do we, how do we make sure the work continues? And right now, I think it helps us to make these, like, little goals, these short-term goals. And so um, we, want, we know we want everybody to hear the gospel. Um, but realistically, we need more laborers um, for that here. You know, like every, everywhere, right, needs more laborers. And so we're setting goals that help us. Like, because the truth is, like, the people that make the most disciples are the people that share the gospel the most. Uh, and so we're trying to share the gospel a thousand times this semester. That's kind of our goal. And right now, it's the second day of classes, and we're a little bit over 5% of the way there. Boom. Uh, tell me, yeah, tell so, sidebar, how do you track that? Is that just you're filling out a form on your phone or so there's a big whiteboard in the middle of campus making tally marks? What does that look like? I wish, I wish it was, <laughs> um, it'd be so cool to have a big whiteboard in the middle of campus. No, what we've tried so many different ways to track. We even actually gave up on tracking last semester, uh, cause it was so difficult, but I, I really believe that like, if we don't track things, um, we're just going to like kind of feel a little bit frustrated and a little bit fruitless, even when really awesome things are happening. 
Uh, and so we track things just to celebrate it. And so we're, we're not tracking everything. Uh, if we tried tracking everything, we track, we end up tracking nothing. Uh, that's what happened before. And so we're tracking, um, how many people were engaging, uh, how many people were sharing the gospel with, and really how many people are hearing the gospel. Uh, how many people had like decided to follow Jesus? Um, how many people were training to make disciples, uh, like with the 411? Uh, and then the last thing would be like follow up. And, uh, Everybody is really just tracking that for themselves. Uh, nobody is like putting that up anywhere. They're not like, you know, adding it to a Google form. We tried that. It was cool. Um, it was nice to see it all in one place, but a lot of people just forgot to do it. Um, so I'm just, for everybody that it helps, I'm asking them to track um, their own gospel shares, their own engagements. Uh, and I'm helping them see like, all right, like, look, you've engaged like 10 people and you shared with two. Uh, can, can we talk through some of these to see like what issues we're having? Uh, and a lot of times, right, we figure, we figure out it's like, oh, there's a fear or there's a, I wasn't sure how to transition to the gospel. Uh, and so we're working towards, uh, that's why we track those two things, but try to use that data. And so I'm, I'm working through that. Uh, but then also I'll be the one to compile it all. Um, so I'm asking people, Hey, um, will you, will you tell me if I ask you, you know, like once a week or something like that. Uh, and then after I compile it all, I share it with the, with our church on Tuesday night so that they can see like, Hey guys, like, this is kind of cool. Like I, I thought I shared like two times this week, but as a church, like we got, we got shared 50 times. Um, how awesome. And so we get to celebrate that all together, even though the whole time I'm like just super pumped because I know exactly what's happening. Uh, and I'm just like, man, this is God doing some cool stuff. Um, but when everyone gets to celebrate at the end of the week or like next week, you know, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I, that's a good sidebar. Cause I, <laughs> I'm currently in the, I gave up phase of tracking for um, <laughs> so this is that was a good that was a good word and I would uh, just anybody that's listening I would encourage you to to think that through that's awesome so anyway that was a sidebar on you were talking about just the end vision and any more there though like how will you guys know if we think of no place left is um, not that everyone technically had even heard the gospel but the path was there God's heart is for everyone to hear uh, but then Paul says, hey, there's no more room because he sees that the, the path is there for it to reach there. What is that? What's that vision look like for you guys? Whew, that's a really good question. I, I really believe uh, it'll just come from uh, raising up labors and continuing to pray for those labors. Every every summer, every year, uh, we pray Luke 10 to like 10 to a.m. p.m. Uh, and every year God delivers. Actually, every year um, <laughs> from the year we started, um, or actually, even before I got there, uh, Puck destroyed the ministry from 200 people to six uh, by my freshman year uh, because he said, let's go share the gospel. And that was enough to, to take it down to six. And uh, from then, uh, we saw people come and then people go. And then people come and then people go. Uh, but every single year, like those people, the next people that have come have always um I've almost just had like a, a deeper passion and like God's brought like more and more laborers until this past year where uh, instead of those people leaving, uh, we've sent them, you know, uh, and they're continuing to do the work. And so that's a, that's definitely a different thing. So I, I really think we're aiming right to have 200 laborers um, share the gospel three times a week, which is pretty manageable to also manage sharing the gospel and then having those follow-ups. Um, but if people are sharing the gospel, 200 people are sharing the gospel three times a week uh, on our campus. Uh, it would only take um, a year, um, 32 weeks is, a, is what a school year is. Uh, it'd only take a year for uh, the 19,200 lost students on our campus to hear the gospel. Mm, praise God. No, that's great yeah. to put that to, 
to numbers. Yeah, yeah, it helps. And, and I really think that, like, what I've noticed um, is we, we're really good friends with um, Steve Carswell in Miami, and we actually went down there. Um, and he was able to point out to me, like, I was like, man, we were there for two weeks, and we saw 14 people decide to follow Jesus. I was like, we don't really ever, like, see that that much at Al you know? A lot of people have, like, been oversaturated um, with uh, church, and, like, uh, they've almost, like, not heard the gospel, they've heard everything, like, but the gospel um, so much mm-hmm. uh, that they're, they're turned off. Uh, they don't really, like, turn and believe right away. Uh, but what Steve uh, Carswell was able to, like, point out to me uh, was super cool. He said, you know, uh, what Boone does produce uh, might not be a bunch of green light, uh, but they produce a lot of faithful laborers. Uh, and it's cool to see that because uh, we really see app as an airport or like a boot camp, you know? Everybody's coming to this little small town and everybody else, everybody's going somewhere else. Um, and so they're coming here for a little bit. Uh, we equip them to make disciples and then we send them uh, to a place where they're able to just do it faithfully and, and have see a lot of fruit. It's that simple. A group of college students can gather and function as a healthy church. And as you heard, their base of Healthy Church is launching them out to do some incredible gospel sharing on campus. I don't know of any other work on a campus, ministry, or church that set a goal to share the gospel 1,000 times in a semester. Praise God for that. Maybe you're wondering how existing churches connect to this. Next episode, we're going to hear from Jim Shannon, the CEO of E3 Partners, about that relationship between existing churches and no place left. For today's episode, you can find the show notes of anything we talked about at ontheroad.feeny.com. That's ontheroad, all lowercase and together, dot P-H-E-A-N-E-Y dot com. If you want to leave some feedback or ask a question, go to that same URL and look for the jump in heading. This is Feeny. Thanks for listening. Keep making disciples, sharing the gospel, and reproducing leaders and churches till there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard.